Hi, I'm Anthony from The Designer Motive, and you're listening to On Site, a podcast where we sit down with architects on their construction sites and have a conversation. For episode one, we are sitting down with Jean Graham and Chris Barnes at their Elston Wick House project. Jean is a director of Winter Architecture, an award-winning collaborative architecture practice with offices in Fitzroy and Torquay, but projects across Australia. Chris is the principal of Field Office, an award-winning architecture studio that has a people-first approach to practice. On the podcast, we talk about collaboration, in particular the differences between group projects at uni versus practice, what it's like collaborating together, how collaborating with the client can yield a much more beautiful outcome, and more. This podcast is by The Designer Motive, so don't forget to follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, visit our website www.thedesignemotive.com and follow on-site podcast on Instagram. And don't forget to check the show notes for links and further information. Enjoy. All right, so yeah, if you can both introduce yourselves, um, um, you know, who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Jean Graham. I'm from Winter Architecture. And my name's Chris Barnes. I'm from Field Office Architecture. And we've collaborated together on this project in Elstonwick. Yeah. Okay. Well, we should also probably note, because I'm wiping sweat off my face, it's <laughs> currently, what, 37, 38 degrees? Yeah. So... It feels like 45. Yeah. Yeah. So... If we sound sweaty and look sweaty, there's a very good reason for it. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so this isn't your first project you've collaborated on in the past. No. So do you mind sharing how, I guess, you first two met? You know, your, this is how we met story. Um, but also then maybe perhaps go into detail on the first project you collaborated on. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I think we met, we're trying to work it out before, maybe 2003 or four. Mm. Um, through mutual friends, we both studied architecture and used to hang out at some of the dingy bars down Caledonia Lane in the city. Is it still open? No. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's that dingy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I studied at Deakin and Chris went to Melbourne and so there was a bit of a rivalry there. And then a few years later, once we'd finished uni, Chris had a practice and I was starting to look at doing my own thing. And um, so we started catching up for coffee and then uh, a space came open in his share office and so I moved in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so we had this, it was a sort of open plan shared office. There's a couple of other small businesses in there. There's a graphic design company and um, a couple of other people. And yeah, we just sort of um, found that, you know, at the time we were both like one man bands and we were finding that, um, yeah, we would get projects and, you know, we'd collaborate, ask each other's, you know, advice and questions about what we were doing. And then trying to sort of, you know, we, we just sort of thought that was really successful, I think. Yeah, well, I think we have a similar um, design sensibility mm. and uh, it's just it was really easy so mm. decisions were very quick like for example this design for this particular house that we're sitting in happened really smoothly and really um, spookily 
easily. Yeah. Like we had both went away and done a design and come together and it was so similar. Mm. Uh, and so it was really easy to um, extract the components that we were both trying to find and, and then put them together. And yeah, it's been a really smooth process the whole way. There's been no... Um, mm. I think the, I think when we both went away and did those initial sketches, we were both, uh, I think the only difference was like which side of the site the, the yeah. corridor was down yeah, the side. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So which side were you, left or right? Uh, I think it was on that side. And yeah. So we went with yours. Yeah. You won that little battle. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, going back a little bit, we, um, uh, so we're sharing studio, we sh actually shared a couple of studios now, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 2017, I think it was, um, my wife and I uh, decided to take our practice uh, overseas for a few months. And um, basically the premise was we we're going to go to Bali and see if we could run the practice uh, remotely for three months. And yeah, it was you know something that we loved and had an amazing experience. But uh, before that, we started winning this work and we thought, okay, like we're going to need some, you know, people in Melbourne who we can potentially collaborate with to kind of uh, help deliver this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, due to sort of, I guess, our working relationship at the time, it sort of seemed a no-brainer to mm -hmm. sort of tap Jean on the shoulder and mm -hmm. see if she was interested. And so we met with the clients and they seemed fine with it. And, uh, yeah, that's sort of where it went. So we're very much 50-50. We're both the architects and um, we're involved in every decision together. Um, and I guess the, the great thing for, from a client's perspective is that they get more bang for their bucks. So they get two architects mm. for the price of uh, one, essentially. And, yeah, we work together as a team and we deliver a much more elegant project. So we were able to focus uh, more diligently on special areas and uh, as opposed to um, complete, like we work together as a team, which I think is great. Mm. Mm. So to go back even further now, um, so you, Jean, studied at Deakin. Yeah. You studied at Melbourne Uni. Mm. I can't take a side because I studied at both. <laughs> um, but, you know, quite often students begrudgingly get put into groups for, um, you know, studios or just other subjects. Um, how have you found the difference between collaborating in a student environment versus collaborating in a professional environment? Do you remember those group projects back in the day? Yeah. I've sort of pushed most of those to the back of my memory, to be honest. <laughs> um, I enjoyed those. I, I had a good time because I enabled me to meet and work with other types of people and students. And often I would put myself into situations where I would be in groups or people I didn't know. And it meant that I learned how to, to communicate with different kinds of um, design and intents and things like that. And yeah, just really uh, manage what we could, what pieces you could do and how you could be part of a team. And I think, uh, yeah, collaborating, that part of probably, that actually was one of the things I was like, oh, I don't really want to collaborate with people because it might be a bit harder. Mm. But it hasn't been like that with this because I think we have the same intent. Like we agree with, we have the same philosophies on a lot of things, so it makes it a lot easier. 
Whereas if we didn't match in those areas, we could have had a lot more clashes uh, where we could not, might not have recovered from. Mm. Yeah. So how, how do you go when there is a, such a difference in ideas? You know, like how did you decide the corridor size side? You know, like I think we how just do you pitched work it to each other. And then sort of what's, do you have a process to sort of, because obviously we all think we have the best ideas. Not necessarily. Or is it more so checking the ego at the door? Yeah, definitely put your ego at the door. It's more about what we think, because you had it over there because you wanted to have all the uh, butler's pantry and everything under there. Yeah. So, and it would have been awesome as well. And this was here because it had a different idea was to have connection through. Yeah. So if the client was swayed towards more private stairs, then that may have been the way that it went. But in this occasion, they were okay with it and they wanted that transparency. Mm. So it is particular to the client and both ideas would have been great. So yeah, did you pitch both ideas to the client? I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. But I mean, um, I think that was early on and I think yeah, eventually start. we, um, I mean, the way that often you collaborate in these sort of environments is that you sit down together and, you know, like everything can be rationalized and everything can be argued. So, yeah, as you rightly said, like you can't have ego in that situation. Mm. And yeah, um, when we sort of decided, you know, we're going to keep this open corridor to the north, mm. um, the way that we broke it down together and taking the feedback from the client and then also, uh, I guess, the rationalization for the decisions that you'd made, mm. you know, it just opened it up to me. And I was like, okay, that's clearly the best way forward in this scenario and yeah and it's also about where we fleshed it out with the client and actually established what their true needs for the space were and what would be the right fit mm. for that whereas with Aintree we didn't have that we had the same plan from the beginning yeah it was pretty straightforward I mean we had a flip because one of the guys in our team was like oh maybe you could have the bathroom at the mm. rear which we hadn't quite anticipated originally mm. So that was pretty, but the same, this, you know, the main characters, so to speak, were all in place. It was just a shift. Yeah. I think with that one as well, I mean, it's such a small site yeah. and it was tiny. And, um, you know, the options from a planning perspective anyway were so limited, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we were able to work through that one really quickly. And we had a really great client who was just sort of the moment we, they saw something on pen to paper, they were like, yes, great, you know, that's what we want. But keep so. in mind what they had was, oh, oh, yeah. They had their bathroom outside, like their toilet, oh, they had to take their they, kids to the toilet. Like, yeah. so they came to the you. Night. They came to you with a plan already. Well, no, the no, house no. was. No, no, the existing house. Oh, the existing they were living house. Yeah, yeah, bad yeah. way. And yeah. yeah, then we come along and I think anything would have been better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, <but we laughs> it was a low bar, but um, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think that we delivered something that was pretty special. Well, it is. Yeah. I think it's quite good yeah, yeah, for yeah. what um, the site has so had so many uh, issues, like with the set in um, heritage conditions, heights on boundary, yeah. overlooking, all sorts of. Yeah, yeah, tricky yeah. things, but it, I think it's a great result. Yeah, and a really tight budget as well. So, yeah, yeah. clients happy. So mm. that's, that's the main thing. Yeah, and we're happy. That's the secondary yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we collaborated a bit differently on that one. This one we've done all the way together, fifty-fifty. The other one we um, Minter took over the town planning a little bit more because Chris was still in Indonesia at the time, I think. 
Yeah, there was a different, slightly different stages of the project. Yeah. So, and then Chris handled the other side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so with the crossover, what I was working on at the time, Bali, I gave more of that sort of to you. But then when it came to this project, it was, um, yeah, we had like a lot more time to be able to dedicate to this one. So that Chris had to deal with all the site things, which was great. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. But we've <laughs> been lucky enough to have some pretty great builders. So. Uh, Frank Bilt was on Aintree. Mm. Shout out to Frank Bilt. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this one is Ferguson, Ferguson Construction. Construction yeah, who've done a great job as well. Yeah. As you can see. I'm sure. Yeah. Hopefully I framed <laughs> it up okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty solid and it looks pretty great. It's, uh, yeah, he's done a good job. Mm. Yeah. So, obviously a lot of architects do collaborate, mm. mainly with you know, engineers, town planners, landscape architects. Um, what's some of the main difference, differences between collaborating with uh, one of those consultants versus collaborating with another architect? Well, there are a lot of similarities in some ways. I mean, you know, a lot of the skills that you would typically use collaborating with an architect, you know, just as valid. So. Um, obviously, you know, you're all working towards a common goal and, you know, you have, um, you know, a client that you're all sort of working to, you know, deliver a really good result for. And so I guess the process of, you know, working together, um, listening to each other and sort of, you know, testing things and making sure things work versus what they don't, etc., um, is a similar process. I think um, probably some of the major differences is probably just in um, obviously with the disciplines, you know, as an architect, you're always trying to, you know, push things as, you know, far as they can go. And uh, sometimes, you know, structural engineers or other engineers or whatever it is, you know, have a few reality checks for you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there's more of sometimes, I guess, a bit of give and take in that regard? I think uh, the difference, the main difference for us is that uh, working with um, a landscape architect or an interior designer, usually it's completely separate sort of service. So we, we come together but we still provide separate services, like separate drawings or um, separate specs. Whereas in our case, we, we're teaming up. So the drawings have both of our names on it. The drawings have been reviewed by both of us. The spec has been written by both of us. Um, the, the trick with the collaboration in, with two architects is just defining the terms of the scope that you're providing together and then establishing a fair uh, way to um, uh, be eff effectively paid for those services. So in our case, we decided from the beginning it's um, one service fee that we split between us, but the work is obvious, the scope is, is split between us as well. So in this particular instance, um, although we're across the whole thing together, we do sort of lead sections of within the building. So mm. I did lead the interiors on this one and you did lead the exteriors on this one. However, we were both reviewing both. So that's like specifying the materials, Correct. the layouts, the mm. Correct. handling whatever regs, you know, yeah, affect each one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just being more taking more ownership over certain areas means that um, nothing gets missed. Mm. 
and yeah, there is some crossover, but obviously uh, all document. There's so much transparency as well. So, yep. and and I think that's what makes a difference. Was that similar with your first project? Did you have those type of boundaries in that regard? Uh, so in the first project, it was a split 50-50, but in a different way. So, well, we did the first stages and Chris did the last stages sort of thing. So you probably did more the sketch design and that, and you did well, more the documentation? Do yeah, yeah. I think that the, yeah, with that one. Um, we we just met it stage by stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we were flicking things through and sort of marking stuff up. But yeah. then when it came to documentation, yeah. um, we took over the bulk of it. Then you guys did a review and, Correct. and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it just shifted around a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think works better for, say, you two? That first type of collaboration or, the, or the, say, the inside-outside collaboration of this project? Uh, or are you more open to trying other forms of collaboration? I think it's just is all about the point in time. Yeah. So it worked really well for the other one to do it that way because obviously you were away, so you weren't able to be around as much in, in mm. Melbourne, and so that made more sense. Whereas this way, we were both in town, so it just made more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean... <laughs> It really depends on the situation at the time, as Jane said, and you know what, you know, how busy you are, how big, you know, the practice is at that time. And um, I mean, I think that's one of the great things about collaboration. It's not just about sort of both getting runs on the board. Um, it's about helping each other out. And so, um, you know, whether I'm bringing value to Jean or Jean's bringing value to me, and that value can be. You know, because of, as we've talked about before, a life situation um, or it might be a practice situation, you know, in terms of workload, staff, etc. So to sort of go a few steps backwards, um, collaboration in terms of your own practices and whatnot, you both have some, I would call them slightly different stories and methods and whatnot mm. um you know chris you touched on earlier about your trip to bali for for a few months mm. and you know the collaboration you know that's how you and gene started to work together mm. um and then gene you obviously have a i would call it unique in small practice in architecture your business model um so i guess trying to figure out where to where to start from there is maybe, Jean, could you explain how your practice is set up and what collaboration means in your practice? Yeah, so I, I guess coming from a larger practice originally as well, similar to Chris, yeah, I learned a lot of um, valuable uh, lessons about how good a team can be and how more, much more efficient and how much more work you can do. And I think that um, going into smaller practice, it, yeah, you do feel a little bit lonely and you don't have as much cross-pollination. Sharing a studio with Chris and some other people were, was really good for, for us. And moving forward, our practice, we tend to have people based remotely and they can choose to work in our office or work from home. And um, we have offices set up in Torquay and in Melbourne. And then 
people working from, say, Perth or yeah, one occasion um, Sydney. So, and, and even the people who work in Melbourne, they can work from the suburbs, so they don't have to necessarily come in, but they can choose and they don't necessarily have to work nine to five. So they can structure their week around their projects. So it's pro project specific employment as opposed to nine to five, five days a week employment, yeah. which is the typical model. Um, so I'm just thinking, well, what works for me? I don't want to work five days a week, for example, and I say I have these life commitments, then this will work for me. And so that's how I've structured it. And the team's built around that. And I think working with Chris and field office um, on the projects has sort of just felt like a bit of an extension to the team. And whoever we um, collaborate with also feels like that. So we work with interior designers and architects and landscape architects. And um, I think the only way to view it is more like, my, like project specific extensions of the team as opposed to us and them, it's we always. Yep. And I think it's really important that the one thing that I felt a little bit um, upset about in the bigger firms was that it was a little bit um, isolating and never felt like the people that did most of the work got to meet the client or ever got to see the site. Whereas in this, in, in this practice, I'm trying to get everyone to be more engaged with the whole process and feel like, you know, part of the journey because, you know, it's all mm. about everyone as opposed to one person. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, with someone based in Perth, Sydney, Melbourne, Torquay, and let's say they're all working on, the sing on a single project, yeah. how, what systems and what processes do you have in place to make that effective and efficient and smooth yeah, as possible? Yeah, so still a working pro process, but we are sort of working with cloud-based management system, um, Google, uh, so we've got a Google Drive set up and we use Hangouts for our meetings. So often we try and touch base with everyone in the team um, frequently um, and um, there's sort of program management meeting where everyone knows what everyone's doing. So um, we know when people are working or what they're working on. So no one, everyone in the team is aware and everything's found online. So you could be, I could be in a coffee shop on my iPhone and know what's in the file, where everything is. And so it's very similar to the Binger practices. It's just, it's more um, uh, flexible. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess in that kind of situation, scenario, you know, like, you know, your collaborators, your, I don't want to call them your employees, but, no. you know, the people you work with, you know, they have to be, even yourself, you have to be diligent in uploading to the cloud. Correct. You need to be able to effectively communicate through email as that can be Correct. quite difficult or yeah. be available on phone between certain hours and Correct. whatnot. Yeah. Um, so Chris, to throw it over to you, hmm. when you went to Bali for three months and wanted to continue like to, to test, it was effectively hmm. to test, can I work remotely? Hmm. Um, what did you set up before you left, like in terms of processes and, hmm. and systems and like what was... Or maybe to backtrack just a little bit, like why did you want to go to Bali for three months? <laughs> I mean, I, we all know why you want to go to Bali for three months. <laughs> Do I really need to explain? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Bali for yeah. three months. But I guess what intrigued you about this idea of the nomadic architect? Um, it was really, I mean, in a way it was, we we're trying to sort of test to see if it could work in a way. So 
Um, at the time, um, my wife Bonnie, she was looking to sort of make a bit of a career switch and um, we needed sort of, I guess, a almost like a line in the sand type thing to, to encourage that. And I know I, I had this idea in my head that, you know, I just wanted to go to Bali and surf for three months. But when you run a small practice, it you know, you can't... You Responsibilities. Can't. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we were only, you know, two years old at that point and we felt like we had a lot, a lot of momentum and I didn't want to shut it down. You know, I wanted to keep it going. And, yeah, I mean, you sort of see a lot of other industries have gone that way, you know, where people are working from all over the world, um, you know, whether it be design industry or tech or whatever it is, like startups and product, that sort of thing, you know, people are using, I suppose, the fact that technology allows us with, you know, laptops and um, I guess all the cloud-based software mm. that Jim was talking about to, to do this thing remotely. So, um, yeah, we just thought, oh, bugger it, like, why not architecture? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, all those things that Gene talked about, exactly the same thing, you know. Um, cloud-based storage for folders and things. Uh, we use Slack, uh, which we still use all the time, um, and a whole bunch of other little you know, things like that. I think, I mean, the thing that I sort of learnt, um, because obviously we were collaborating with Gene, but we were also collaborating with a few other people in Melbourne at the time who were sort of pulling up um, other aspects of the business where we needed them to. Mm. And... Um, I mean, one of the things that we sort of developed and I guess it's one of those things that looking to push further, I guess, regardless of where we are, and that is that sort of online, um, I guess, just a, a system of how you do things and just have that recorded. So, you know, you have processes for things and, you know, when you get those processes down pat and streamlined and everyone knows them, yeah. then it just takes out so much of the hassle that comes with you know, any sort of design industry. Mm. So, and anything that's, you know, project-based where, yeah, you're encountering different problems um, day to day, but, you know, 95% chance that someone that you're collaborating with has encountered that problem before. Yeah. Mm. So, how were your days structured? Um, I like to think you were surfing nine to five, but I don't <laughs> think you were, unfortunately. Um, so, how would you... Because, you know, the idea is like, you know, if you go to Bali, you obviously want to enjoy Bali. Yeah. But you also need to work. Yeah. So how did you sort of set up your days to effectively do both? Well, I mean, yeah, as you said, it would be nice that it was nine to five surfing, but it really wasn't. It was maybe, you know, three days a week and it would be sort of early from maybe seven till about nine or ten. Uh, I guess... Um, and so, you know, take for example a day like that. I mean, I was at the desk by 10 o'clock and I would typically work till, you know, six, sometimes, you know, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. But, um, I mean, it wasn't like I was AWOL at any stage. I was still running the practice as I would here. I guess um, one of the key things to do is when you are working directly with people who, um, I guess, are a team is just to sort of have a regular touch, you know, meetings, touch base, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so that was one of the things I made sure of every day. It was sort of like 11 o'clock every day. I would jump in a call with uh, one of my 
main guys who was based in Melbourne um, and who was sort of overseeing everything from mm. a broad level point of view. Mm. And that just sort of made me, just gave me a sense of where everything was at exactly right then, what we needed to do. And sometimes, you know, just being aware of what's happening is all you need, you know, mm. um, and to make you feel, yeah, good about sort of what's, you know, what's happening. I feel like if you have the right people with you, your presence, physical presence, isn't always needed. Oh, yeah. Like, for, they can just do what needs to be done. They know the systems you're putting in place, the processes. But they're also, you are still available for, you know, communications if needed. Like, if they have hmm. a problem, it's like, you know, you're well, still contactable. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's you know, at the end of the day, you're collaborating, you know? Mm. So, I mean, Jean, we haven't shared a studio for about three years now. Yeah. And um, though we still are sort of able to, you know, with 100% confidence, be able to work together and, you know, know that everything is working really well towards, the, I suppose, the desired outcome, you know? Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's the same way that it would be with staff or other collaborators in that, you trust them and, you know, as long as they're good people and they're people that you, you know, train within the system, then it's going to work. But in the same thing, they're not isolated, they're not alone. Yeah. So if there's an issue, they can call yeah. or they can email or they can talk to someone connected to the team. So they're not, you know, running free and wild. Everyone has, has there's a support network. And I think the difference in this occasion is that the support network is widened so, you know, we can bounce off each other and ask questions that we feel we might feel uncomfortable asking or, you know, you know, is this door handle nice? I can't tell anymore. <laughs> I've looked at 10, 100,000 and, yeah. you know, so that's... I can't that's, see a door handle here. No, there, there are none because we've... We couldn't reach a decision. We just decided none. <laughs> no handles at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, I guess talking about collaboration, collaborators... What, how do you go about collaborating with your clients? So they obviously come to you with a problem, whatever that problem may be. Um, what's then, how then do you start to begin that collaboration with the clients in terms of, you know, they give you ideas, obviously you're the architect, you've, you've got roles and scopes of works and that. Um, yeah, clients and collaborations, how... How are you with that? Well, I mean, there's plenty of crossover, I guess, isn't there? Yeah. With some of the things that we've talked about. Mm. I mean, again, you sort of, you're working towards something and when you have, I mean, particularly when you have a really passionate client who, you know, particularly in residential where often it's, you know, their dream home, you know, they've been saving for it for years. Yeah. And, saving pictures and you know pinterest and that sort of thing um you know there's, there's such a keen I, I suppose desire from their point of view to i don't know to to be heard i guess and and so yeah i mean a lot of it is listening and a lot of it is you know understanding what they want but also yeah it is about sort of working with them and breaking down a brief and sort of really interrogating, you know, what they think they want versus what mm. they actually want. And sometimes that's the biggest challenge, you know, because 
A lot of people think they want something and it turns out maybe they want something a little bit beyond that or within that or wrapped inside it, you know. Yeah, yeah we have to uncover it. Mm. You're like, like a kid, kid on Christmas Day. Or investigation, we, we think, hmm, okay, so yeah. what is it you really You say mean? this, but do you actually mean this? <laughs> but I mean, a, a really good example, um, maybe on this project, was um, the timber ceiling, which originally was timber battens. And mm. our client um, who um, connected with Proven's Timber, and uh, they had this new product, um, which was this sort of um, shiplap profile with a, a routing in it that um, it's just fantastic. I mean, you can see it above. And uh, yeah, she took us this product, and we're like, oh, what about this? And mm. it was well, just, even the cladding, because Proven's have yeah. this like second level where it was all set up with a showroom. Mm. And we were going to use this Yakasuki timber and the price came in and we were like, and the client goes, I found this other stuff is, what, what do you think of this? And then we were like, wow. And we thought, it, we thought it was going to be way more expensive. And she goes, it's not, it's really not. Yeah. So we're like, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes um, clients can really be fantastic. Mm. And especially when they know you know, they know what we're about because we've communicated it mm. um, and then they can assist. So, for example, the door handle for the front door, the clients work through Proven's again to find the best handle appropriate for the house, which mm. is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be like as cosmetic as that or it can be like a really functional collaboration as well, which, mm. yeah, like we really enjoy. Okay, so... Yesterday, we put a call out on Instagram for questions for Jean and Chris. We had a few that came through. Um, so this one is from Danica Williams. How does Jean manage an online office? Pros and cons. So you kind of touched on um, how you manage it. Maybe if you could expand upon the pros and the cons of an, on, an online office. Yeah. Um, well, the cons probably would be that you don't get to see all your colleagues every day um, and you sometimes don't know quite where everyone is, like what they're doing and what's happening. But the pros are that if you establish um, deliverables and you all are clear on what they are, then you know that by Friday when you have that meeting they'll be met. So that's really nice. And it's also nice to know that people are working around their schedules and their availabilities so they're committed to the time that they give as opposed to just sitting in an office and looking bored. Like people are actually doing what they want to be doing. So, the, so some cons also from a managing point of view are that you have to put more work into um, making sure you touch base with everyone, making sure you're on top of the schedules, making sure you're billing correctly and making sure that everyone's putting in their timesheets and things like that. The, the pros are that you, you know you can trust everyone to do it and you know that it'll be done. And um, yeah, when you do touch base with them more regularly, it actually has a benefit for you because you feel like you're talking to people as well. Whereas in your, when you're in an office every day, sometimes you take it for granted and you don't, have five minutes to talk to each other. So yeah, I think, I think it's actually really good. And also, you know, it's nice when two in the morning, Cara might send me an image of something and then three in the morning, 
James will respond because all the Instagram group messaging and stuff. So it's like no matter where you are in the world, we're all still still connected, mm. and it's quite nice. Mm. I think like I think it's sort of you know the future of the industry anyway. I mean I don't think it's sort of no, yeah. that much of a novel thing um, like the online aspect. I think that all software is sort yeah. of allowing for that now and. You know, it's it's really great that Gene and other practices are like starting to sort of like really embrace it. Mm. Mm. It's just a mindset, really. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think coming from someone that is quite introverted, it is a nice idea that I can, you know, yeah. work at home in my own little space, yeah. but still be part of a team. Mm. Um, but obviously. You also need to be really well at self-managing as mm. well to make sure you do the work. Because, yeah. you know, if you're working from home or you're working in Bali mm. and there's a beach right there, you know, if you're easily distracted or a chronic procrastinator, like mm. maybe that's not the best Well, then maybe system. you just work from the office. Yeah, exactly. Because mm. you can't trust yourself not to yeah. Yeah. get distracted. Mm. But then sometimes you might need the time alone so you can work on the thinking or the fine contracts so you know horses for courses but the choice is there yeah so <laughs> asks when is the regent street project going to be finished oh well i don't know if that's a question for us really <laughs> any day now as you can see it's probably um i, I should point out our client <laughs> oh <laughs> okay i did not know that and um yeah, so, and yeah, the builder's running a little bit late, but um, we're hoping that uh, just probably a few weeks away, hopefully. Yeah, soon, we hope, yeah. yeah. Look, I think what's important to focus on there is quality over time. Yeah. It's getting done well, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I've realised how distracting it is to film this these. This is really hard. I'm keeping looking at everything. Because I'm constantly <laughs> looking at all the little details and all the I know. finishings. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the plumbing. <laughs> and then the last question. You're going to hear his name, but I'm going to bleep it to protect his anonymity and keep him anonymous. So, uh -oh. who's the better architect? <laughs> So who are you bleeping out with his a, name? His name. And he even put a little smirky face there. <laughs> so who is the better architect? Well, I think that we both have to sort of be very diplomatic. And, and say, say that, yourself. Sorry? And say it's yourself. I think we both know the answer to that. There is no better architect. <laughs> All architects are fantastic. And I think anybody who engages an architect is already a, a winner. And I think that all architects aspire to do the best for their clients. And I think just teaming up as a bigger group, yeah. we can provide a better service, but the, or, or different kind of service, more you know, options for you. But there is no better architect. That's a cheeky question. I know. <laughs> and I should say as well, like the fact that we collaborate together is um, indication that you know, this isn't about us. This mm. is about sort of yeah. doing something that we really believe in. And yeah. You know, it's not a competition at all, and yeah, it's um, it's all about the f like seeing it finished and the happiness yeah. that the client gets to see, and you know, hearing the positiveness, like the stories about oh, I had a dinner party and, yeah. and the light was this, and, and or I was washing the dishes and I, the 
the drawers right there, that's fantastic. Those sorts of things, that's what gives us joy, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we'll, we'll sort of finish it there because we're sweating. Well, I know I am. Um, thanks for being the first on the on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah. If you want to give us a, a rating on whatever platform you're on, that will help with... Um, not who's the best architect. No, <laughs> not, don't rate who's the best architect. Ra- rate the podcast. Um, give it, you know, depending on where you watch it, you know, give it thumbs up, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. Um, and if you have a question for a future architect, send it in. I'll leave an email down below and then, yeah, we'll sort of just leave it at that, I think. Mm.